Good to have you, the Bill Michaels Show. Enjoying our day today. We are live. We are at Road America, and I uh, just uh, I love this place. I just do. It's one of my favorite places. It's a happy place. I love being on the uh, at the house on the lake in Indiana in the summertime and taking a little time off. I uh, love going to Rice Lake for the celebrity golf outing. I love Viroqua and a lot of the places we visit. Uh, I love going up to Pembine. I love a lot of places in Wisconsin, but uh, this one is a special near and dear. It's just I love being here. There's just an energy and an action here. So we're at Road America today. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Zero percent financing, 48 months by the end of the month. But you got to call. You got to call and get a hold of our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And I'm not looking out of Pella Windows right now. But you know, in my house, that's what I chose. Much like many homeowners throughout the state of Wisconsin, they have chose Pella Windows and Doors as well, uh, whether it's for the economical factor, curb appeal, safety at night when you lay your head on your pillow, nobody's coming into your house, all the different innovations like the roll screen or slider windows and such, three different lines to choose from, whether it's vinyl, the impervia, or the different wood lines as well. So many things that can fit inside, inside of your budget. 0% financing, 48 months going on right now at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Tom Clements, the uh, quarterback coach for the Green Bay Packers, went to the podium and uh, spoke, well, answered a lot of questions about his now guy, Jordan Love. Let's take a listen. And enjoyed it. Enjoyed working with uh, um, Jordan and the other quarterbacks, uh, Danny Etling. Um, and anytime you can coach a guy and you, uh, you think you can help him or it looks like you've helped him a little bit and um, that's gratifying so it was it was a good room last year and decided to stay well um it was I mean, we just did the things that, you know, I've done throughout my coaching career as far as working on the fundamentals of the game, working on the footwork. I mean, that's really a big aspect of playing quarterback. If you can try to watch your quarterback's feet you can and, and not watch anything else, you might be – you have a good idea whether it's going to be a good throw because if you can have your feet in position to make a throw, um, assuming any, everyone in the NFL has a certain degree of talent, you're going to have a chance to – to have a successful play. So just uh, working on the footwork, the normal drops under center in the gun, and then in today's NFL, you have to move around a bunch. You have to scramble. You have to be able to throw on the run, throw on the move, and um, sidestep in the pocket. And we work a lot of drills doing that. And, you know, he just he bought into it because he saw, saw the drills we did with Aaron. He saw the success Aaron had, so he works hard at it and did some, had, had some improvement. Very good. Uh, he, um, I mean, it, he last year during the season he would know the game plan in and out. He was always ready to, to go in there, um, and so he, he once you install it and talk about it, he, he uh, digests it very well. <coughs> He can throw the ball, um, number one, which you need to do in the NFL. He's athletic. He can move around by time. 
um, and he's intelligent, and he generally makes good decisions, and um, just uh, at this point just needs to play and um, work on processing information, making quick decisions, and then getting it to the right guy. But he has all the qualities you're looking for in a guy to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the key to being a blitzer through Jordan? It's always so easy to see more of it than, than Yeah, probably, probably see more. But, uh, uh, you know, with our protections, we try to handle the pressures. Um, and usually if they want to make you throw it, um, have to make you vulnerable in the, in the secondary. And um, we just work on... Um, recognizing what the pressures are and uh, who's the guy to get it to if it has to come out quick. And if you, it's a, that goes to what I was saying, you have to be able to process, see things, process it, and make a quick decision. So um, when things are flying around and, and guys are blitzing, that, that's where it becomes uh, most important. Is there any way to control that? I mean, I realize you get the defensive blitz practice and all, but I mean, no one's going to hit Jordan practice. So is there any way to really work on that? Do they have a running quarter or is there some well, you, you have to. It, it's a process. You see it on film. You walk through the blitzes, so you understand where uh, what the uh, where you're vulnerable, where you're not vulnerable, and then you do them full speed, and you just have to react and and just keep doing that and doing that. It's like anything else. The more you do it, the the the, the more comfortable you are doing it, and, and the better you should be doing it. Well, um, all, all of it, really, but just not as uh, we didn't have as much ta- much time um, to do it. I mean, all, all the I, I think I've explained before. Back when we had the quarterback school, it was the quarterbacks were here six weeks, and we met four days a week for uh, usually a minimum of three hours a day, and then we worked out on the field twice a week doing all the drills that I was just describing. So you, that was, you know, a long period of time to be with the quarterbacks. And we'd go through the prior season, the entire season, looking at the cut-ups, and then we'd watch films of other other teams and other quarterbacks. Um, so that was six weeks, very intense. Uh, now it's it's not that way. Um, so you try to, try to do as much as you can. Uh, excuse me. Try to... Uh, do that. Everything we did then, try to do it now, but you're, you're not going to be able to, to do it as much, basically. But I try to cram it down, and it, it's uh, there. There are parts you can't get to, like watching um, maybe our entire season or teams uh, watching other teams, and um, the, the drill work is. You know, we we have basically one day where we can do everything we used to do one day a week where we before we did that twice a week for six weeks so we've done that we're now in the third week so it's just less time doing it Well, it's uh, 
Really, it's, it's more of the movement drills, whether it's we, we take a drop and then we'll you know, run over bags and throw the receivers down the field or throw into a net or just dropping in the pocket and having to move one way or the other based on where a rusher is. Um, the, the, the keep plays where you're faking a run and rolling out, throwing on the run, all those things. I think the more you can throw on the run, it's, it's going to benefit you. And uh, then we also just do what we've done a lot here the last couple of years, and Aaron always enjoyed it, was uh, just a, a progression drill where you have stationary receivers and um, call whatever the play might be. There's a progression, one, two, three. I stand behind the quarterback, and I'll just point to a guy, and he has to go through his drop, and then his footwork changes, changes depending on which receiver he has to throw to. So moving around, throwing on the run, knowing your progressions, getting your footwork right, and getting it out to the right guy. That, that's important. All, the, all those fundamental things are important, but I, the most I've always felt the, the, the most important thing is the quarterback has to process information quickly and make good decisions because, I mean, you can be athletic and move around and do all that stuff, but if you're making a wrong decision, that's when you get in trouble. Well, I think it showed up in the preseason last year. Um, it, um, it showed up um, when he was running the scout team against our defense because they're, you know, that's things break down pretty quickly on the scout team, and you have to be able to adjust. And, and a lot of the plays that you're running are very similar to our plays, so you can practice our plays while while giving the uh, um, defense the looks they need to see. So it's the more you can see things that it at least approach game speed and make the right decisions, you know, that's uh, that'll be helpful. And I think, you know, usually as a young QB, maybe the year, first year, second year, it's just you, you just see guys running around and you don't know what's happening. But uh, as you get more experience, it, it, it's true. You, you, you've heard the saying, the game slows down uh, for a guy. And, that, you know, I, I felt it when I played. At a certain point, you just... Guys are moving fast, but you're kind of see it and seeing it in slow, slower motion. So that's you're processing it, seeing it, and making the right decision. Well, as a quarterback, you have to you have to learn from your mistakes. Try not to repeat them, but then you got to. I would say you got to play the game without a conscience. You got to forget about if you make a mistake, learn from it, but try not to repeat it. And it's uh, you know then then it comes. What also impacts that are your teammates. Uh, as a quarterback, things go good. You get more uh, credit than you deserve, and if things go bad, you get more blame. It's there's 11 guys on offense, and everyone has to do what they're supposed to do to be successful. Sure. 
Well, um, I, I don't think you can put a, a time on it. I, I, I think I've said in here before when, you know, we, we saw Aaron in practice and he did well. And then one, we went down to Dallas and Brett got hurt in one game and Aaron came in, played extensively, and he kind of confirmed that, you know, what we thought. You know, he, he had good ability and uh, he was going to be a good QB. We didn't know he was going to be a Hall of Famer and, and, and have the career he had, but we knew he was good. And the, the, the same thing, we've watched Jordan in the preseason um, in practices, and then he got an opportunity to have a little extended playing time in Philadelphia, and, you know, he did some very good things. So that I'm sure that helped his confidence, helps the confidence of the guys around him, and he just needs to build on that. Okay. All right. There you go. Tom Clemens, quarterback coach of the Green Bay Packers, talking about Jordan Love and his progression and one of the reasons he wanted to come back. And he mentioned Rodgers and Etling and, and Love. And, you know, I mean, uh, two things. I mean, one is it's a job. They're paying him, <laughs> you know. But the second thing is he said, hey, look, uh, I just believe there's some potential here. There's been growth. Uh, he talked a little bit about Jordan Love getting the opportunity in Philadelphia last year. Uh, but he said a lot, parroted a lot of the same things that Brian Gutekind said. Like, look, we think he's ready, but we haven't seen him win. But, you know, the, the bird has to come out of the nest to fly at some point in time, and now's it. So you hope that everything that he had to say about him, the decision-making, um, the growth that he's had from, from two years ago to last year, coming into this season now, that uh, it all – culminates and you know granted you're going to take your your lumps as a younger guy uh but you hope that you don't take them too badly and you're able to you know mentally you know overcome and figure the game out so now you just you just wait and see wait and see 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. you want to hit us up uh please feel free go ahead and give us uh, give us a shout we'd love to hear from you got a lot to get to uh, i want to get uh, your thoughts on what you just heard from tom clements it was there anything there you could really kind of grab onto and say this is what he had to say about jordan love that uh, maybe piqued your interest we'll go back to the question that we had in the last hour about brian gutekinst and the front office and the green bay packers and gutekinst as a general manager and you know has he been great has he been good fair uh, you know, bad or just awful uh, in your eyes. So there's kind of like five choices there. So we'll get into that discussion and why you feel that particular way. 877-867-1670, You want to find us. That's the phone number to go ahead and do so. Hey, our friends over there at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino said, hey, look, this weekend you got the Brewers taking on Tampa Bay. You want to come to the sports book? Great. Uh, you've got all – got the, obviously the NBA playoffs going on right now, Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. You've got the NHL. Sports book is open. Maybe you want to do a little bingo. Maybe you want to get a little dinner, a little date night out. Great place to go. Or you can even stay in the hotel. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com for all the information. That is PaysBig.com. We'll be right back. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friday, good Friday. 
Hey, don't forget about our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. I was mentioning them a little bit earlier. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, but uh, they get one more win, and they're advancing yet again. The deepest run in the playoffs they would have had, they will have had in a long time. And I had said that uh, just when COVID hit, they were on their way to a Calder Cup. And I, I really believe that. They were one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AHL at the time. And uh, their one went away from advancing yet again to the conference finals. So uh, get out there and support the Milwaukee Admirals tonight. Big watch party down at Stenny, second in National Walkers Point. But if you want to get some tickets and get ready for deeper postseason hockey, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. And uh, like, I, like I was mentioning earlier in the week, I really I want to get down. Uh, if they make it to the finals, maybe the first game of the finals uh, at the uh, UWM Panther Arena, we want to get down and maybe do the show and uh, just because uh, it, it's animals hockey is such a great time and it's such an undercovered, underutilized sport in the uh, state of Wisconsin. There's so many hockey fans here that just pine for an NHL team, but you've got a good hockey team right here in your backyard. Uh, get out and support them. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Um, so. Uh, Rick says uh, Jordan uh, is lucky to have Tom Clements as his coach. He was uh, with, good with young players. Kyler Murray had his best year under Tom, Tom's tutelage. And then uh, Dennis, and it, it's it's a rather long post over on the fan over on the uh, live stream, but Dennis just said, "Hey, look, uh, I believe Goody has done everything he can to give all the right groceries and all the right ingredients to the Green Bay Packers coaching staff." He says Goody's done a great job. It's not Goody. It's the failure, the failure of Matt LaFleur and more so hanging on to the likes of a guy like Mo Drayton, hanging on to the likes of a guy like Joe Barry. You know, Tom Clements is a solid hire. Rich Passacci is a solid hire. But it's been the failure of being outcoached in the postseason and the failure of some of those other specific coaches that has actually cost the Green Bay Packers. He feels that Goody's done a great job of putting all the groceries together to make this team better or what it is and yet the failures in the postseason are pretty much on the coaching staff and i can't go far away from that commentary i now again the the great aspect of of things for uh, brian gutekinst and russ ball and company i don't know about great but i'll say this it's been solid and yeah i i can't i can't disagree with the failure of the special teams against san francisco and the failure more so and i was highly critical of matt lafleur when you got healthy, but you got healthy for the playoff game, which normally would bode well. But when you just put all the starters who have been banged up for a long period of time back in and they had rust and they just looked a step slow because they just weren't up to game speed yet. And then when things were failing, the obstinance not to say, hey, guys, let's just get go back to what it was. Let's go back to what got us here and we'll work everybody in if we get the win and we'll move on. And but they didn't. They didn't, and uh, they ended up losing to San Francisco because the offense was horrible. The pressure on Aaron Rodgers was immense. AJ Dillon went down with the injury. Uh, Mercedes Lewis fumbled away the football. I mean, you can go on and on and on. And uh, then obviously that special teams unit was just just terrible. So uh, that I understand. And uh, going out to uh, or uh, coming home, and for the uh, NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Kicking the field goal, I still to this day do not understand. But then again, it's a two-part issue because Rodgers had the ability to run it either into the end zone or as close to the end zone as you could possibly get, 
and then have a fourth down attempt to punch it in, get a two-point conversion, and thus tie the ballgame up. I still don't understand that call to this day. It's just it, it's mind-boggling. Uh, I will say, you go out to uh, the San Francisco game and the NFC Championship game out in San Fran, that defense was just not good. Uh, it didn't matter. Uh, they just didn't have the ability. They couldn't tackle. Mostert ran wild. They just it, the offense was you know stymied. They just it, I, was it was he out coached? Maybe you know I I could probably say yes just because, but that was just a, a horrific performance. I mean uh, you know if Mostert was still a running back in San Francisco he'd probably still be going. He, he's probably into the ocean by now because he just had that much room and that much ability and that much escapability uh, for a rather lackluster defensive front. So I get it. Uh, I would probably lay more of the blame for the losses, uh, specifically in the postseason, at the coaching door than at the uh, at, at the GM's feet. But, um, you know, just again, uh, kind of waxing about do, how much credit do you give for what's gone on? I mean, think about, you know, I, I, not that I really want to dwell on everything that's gone on in the past, but... Think about where we were three years ago, you know, coming out of COVID or in COVID and no fans in the stands and, you know, a a tough year and Rodgers is mad and, you know, he comes back with a chip on his shoulder and they're trying to rebuild relationships while doing it not only on the field but through Zoom and goofy meetings and guys can't get together and everybody's being tested and, you know, then obviously coming back and then the next year of the massaging of the ego and trying to make sure Rogers is happy and Devante's upset and, you know, you're restructuring all these contracts and you're trying to hang on to the quarterback. You're trying to make another run at it. You know the window is beginning to close. Rogers starting to contemplate and talk a little bit more about retirement. You're trying to go through all of that. And the meanwhile, you're looking down the hall to Russ Ball and saying, Russ, I need more money. And Russ Ball has got the the abacus, which is just flying around in his office. And he's trying to come up with more money and trying to get more creative and trying to figure out more ways to give them salary cap space and kick the can down the road without kicking it down the road to the point that when Rodgers does come due, that you're handcuffed for years and years, much like the San Francisco 49ers were after the uh, DeBartolo era going back to the late 90s into the early 2000s where they were in salary cap jail for years Three, four years, I think, they were suffering uh, out there, and the Packers didn't want to do that. So, you know, they figured out a way to at least absorb the poison pill for one year and and maybe get out from underneath it. And then you've got to obviously deal with, with Rodgers. And, you know, some believe that Rodgers put it to the Packers, said, pay me what I want. Uh, I still don't understand the comment about it's not about the money, but yet you take all the money and you hamstring, hamstring the team and, you know, we all know the rest of the, that is history, but everything that's gone on in Green Bay, this it seems like it's it's 10 years of this, but it was really only two and a half years, two and a half years that uh, that we as Packers fans kind of dealt with that. And it, you talk about being in the eye of the tornado while everything else is just whirling around you. Holy mackerel. So on one hand, you can say, do they have enough personnel to get the job done? Yeah. You know, there's probably a couple is missing that you would like to have on the other hand you'd say you survived the storm man and what would you get a couple of chips in the windshield a couple of dents but for the most part everything's going to be pounded out and you hope that it's going to be fine if the engine itself which is your quarterback uh was the right engine to buy at the right time because if it's not then it's all it's all a moot point 
But, God, they, they've, they've just weathered so much. So just getting your thoughts, 877-867-1670. Phone lines wide open, 877-867-1670. Would love to hear your comments, love to hear your thoughts. Give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. So we're going to step out. We are broadcasting live at Road America today. If you're watching on the live stream, the track is right there. Start fin- Everything's gone uh, quiet. The Mazas, are can't, they come in, they get expect- inspected, and then the Mazas go back out, and then the Vintage uh, Car Series uh, starts running yet again. But uh, but nevertheless, uh, good day today here at Road America. So good stuff. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This weekend, smoking the water. I've been telling you about it. They had the reggae night last night. They've got fish fry Friday tonight and music tonight. And then they've got some dueling pianos coming up this weekend as well. And then obviously the Sunday brunch. A lot of good stuff going on at smoking the water. And then if you just want to sit back, relax on a fish fry Friday with an old-fashioned sitting for you at the bar, that is our friends at Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon on Hubertus in Hubertus, just a ter- two terrific places owned by the same great people that is uh, Joe and Ellen Hennis. So either way, you can't go wrong. Smoking the water on Okachi Lake on Wisconsin Avenue, and then there's Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon in uh, downtown Hubertus, which downtown Hubertus is like that big. It's tiny. Uh, on Hubertus Road in Hubertus, which is just east of Holy Hill. Either place, you can't go wrong. Stop in and uh, and just enjoy yourself. Just just enjoy yourself. This is interesting. Um now, the the argument, I shouldn't say the argument, maybe more so the discussion going on uh, on uh, the live stream. The uh, Jason says the whole closet was cleaned when McCarthy was the scapegoat and LaFleur was brought into the mix, and we're finding out more and more about a fractured locker room. It's been toxic. And David said, quote, he, being Aaron Rodgers, screwed the team. Even his good buddy Devontae left. For many, he ruined his legacy. The polish came off the Super Bowl win in 2010 a long while ago. We, and that got me kind of kind of th- kind of thinking. Because I'll never forget when Favre came back as a Viking and beat the Packers and runs off the field, he's standing at the end uh, of the hall via the locker room. And he's got some friends and family there. And, you know, the old putter in the old vice here as he's shaking hands and spewing, you know, we, we effed them and all that, basically Packers. And I thought, man, that, that ruined a legacy for a guy that was so beloved and was wishy-washy back and forth. Does he, does he not want to play and blah, 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 goes off to New York and then, basically says, I want to come back as a Viking so bad because I want to beat the Packers. And then when he finally finally does it, it's F him. And I thought, boy, that's, that's, that's it. And then he came back and he was honored. His, and now granted it was a pouring down rain night and the, 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 you know, the, the meeting of him and Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. 
it was such a, a, a cool emotional night, but, you know, they got, remember the Bears beat the hell out of him that night. But he gets his number retired. The crowd's going crazy. Fans are in the stand. It's 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 raining sideways. And I thought, you know, time heals all wounds. It just does. It just does. I wonder if it's going to be, because Favre wasn't doing McAfee and wasn't being outspoken about certain things and ripping the organization and, and kind of dropping all this pettiness on his way out the door. Um, you know, we knew in his heart of hearts, Favre was still, it's just like Rogers. We know in his heart of hearts, he's still a Packer. It's just how you handle it once you leave. So the question then becomes, in my mind, when you think about the, the, you know, the tarnishing of the legacy, has Rogers tarnished his legacy? I mean, is this something, is this, is this period in time as a Packers fan, is this going to be a period in time in which, Time heals all wounds. You just go, ah, eh, you know, it was the time. It was, you know, it was just, ah, eh, it is what it is. You know, you're going. he's going to come back, and you're going to recognize that 2010 championship and, you know, all that stuff. Do, do, you, do you think that people are going to kind of forgive and forget? I... I kind of think, you know, time heals all wounds. And in five years, six years, they're going to bring Rodgers back and honor him. And you know he's going into the Hall of Fame. Without a doubt, do they retire his number? He's got a Super Bowl. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the history of the game. One of the best passing quarterbacks in the history of the game. You know, do they bring him back, retire his – you know he's going into the Packer Hall of Fame. You know he's going into the Hall of Fame. You know he's going to have a night at some point. But you know he's going to go into the ring of honor. But do they retire his number? You would assume, right? And then let's just say you're in the crowd. You know, let's just say you're in the crowd at that point in time. Are you still mad? Are you just celebrating the championship? Are you – not necessarily booing, but maybe you're like, eh, you know, just another honor for the prima donna. I mean, or do you appreciate what the Packers did under him? I, I you know, I, I, I just, uh, I, that's it. That's a when you talk about legacy, that's 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 kind of the question. I find that rather interesting. 877-867-1670, Now, Ben, um, they, they've honored Reggie White and numerous Philadelphia Eagles over time. But is there anybody that left that you said to hell with them and then now you'd welcome them back? I mean, quarterback-wise, Donovan McNabb would be the answer, even though he didn't win. But he was, he represented a, a similar thing to what Rodgers did just without the Super Bowl. Um, and the, the ending wasn't great. But yeah, I, I think time has healed it. You know, what else has helped is that the Eagles have won since then. So right. a lot of the era of losing in the NFC title game has gone away. Where, mm-hmm. I, and I'm the wrong person to ask. I think everybody else, everyone has their own opinions on it. But if Jordan Love is really good, and the Packers get back to the Super Bowl, 
I would think it it would make the return a lot easier, right? As opposed right. to if the new era is horrible and then you still look back and uh, are somewhat bitter at how it ended and also how, I mean, how the last 10 years of it went in terms of not like, actually winning. Randall, Randall Cunningham was fantastic there. And then he went on and was a Minnesota Viking. But he didn't go to Dallas and try to come back and beat you. No. That was also you know? before my time, unfortunately. Right, so I right. don't no, remember. I, I get that. McNabb yeah. is my first, you know, real experience with it. It's probably the most mm-hmm. significant one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, in you know, where did Donovan play after he left Philadelphia? Washington. That's right. So he kind of did it. He kind of did it that way. And then Dan Snyder. I, I've been... Uh, I've been reading a lot about Dan Snyder recently, which, by the way, I hope the deal gets voided. I, I hope it doesn't get sold to, to that idiot Josh Harris, spending more time <laughs> on the on the Commanders than he is on his basketball team. Yeah, but um, yeah, he uh, Dan Snyder just gave him a three four year extension, and then McNabb turned out to be cooked, as we all right. thought. Yeah, he's pretty much done. You know, I will say this: what I love about the Eagles, I love Merrill Reese. Mel Reese has yeah, been he's so good. good for so long. He's fantastic. One of the uh, the most recognizable voices in uh, in football. So I love Merrill Reese. They got so Mike I, yeah. Quick uh, in the booth with him. It really? I didn't know that. Former great. Oh yeah, he's been doing it for okay. a while. Those two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I I don't know. I. I for some people, you know, and Kathy says, uh, absolutely, his prima donna, prima donna attitude has completely turned me off. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jason says, you know, yeah, go have your two fingers of scotch while we beverage with our beers. Uh, so I, you know, there's some bias there. I get it because he's not. And Favre was. Favre was kind of one of us. Favre was a fisherman. He was a hunter. He was, you know, kind of the good old boy, you know, and, and Rogers. He wasn't. He's he's not that endearing a cat when it comes to stuff like that. You know, he does a lot of charitable stuff and a lot of stuff behind the scenes and a lot of nice things. You know, but when it comes to, you know, sitting there and talking about going to Cabela's and stuff, and, yeah, which is what a lot of Wisconsinites do, that, that that's not Rogers. Favre was that guy, but that's not Rogers. So it didn't endear him to, uh, to Packers fans in that particular way as kind of the common man just out there busting his ass trying to get wins. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, Wisco Warrior says, of course, uh, the number twelve should be retired. It would be pettiness on the organization's part if they didn't. It would be a bad look. Which I agree. I, that's what I said. I, I my assumption is it will be. I I'm not assuming it's not. I mean, when you say pettiness, um, I guess you know. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Chad says, uh, pettiness, are you kidding me? Pettiness on the part of Aaron Rodgers? Have you heard his comments when he left? Pettiness, get a hold of me via FaceTime, bro? Come on, that's petty. That, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that just take Aaron Rodgers and and look at him and go, no, you, you were just kind of a – do you think we didn't see through the crap? I mean, I, I did. It was easy. You know, you can't say one thing and do another and then come back and say another thing and do something different. You know, I mean, it was there. Was, I guess maybe all the talking that he did, which we all, you know, took pleasure in. Don't get me wrong. 
But some of it came back to bite him. Some of his own words came back to bite him as either hypocrisy or lies or what, whatever and seemed petty. But, yeah, I, I, I can't fathom that the organization would say, you know what? You tried to screw us on the way out of town. You tried to throw us under the bus. Yeah, you're not going to get your number retired. Just, you know, suck it up, buttercup. I don't think they're going to do that. I think there's going to come a day, uh, breaking of bread, of raising a glass of scotch or wine or beer or whatever, and it'll all come to pass. But it's whether or not the fans would then take the uh, take the uh, take the initiative initiative and say, yeah, it's all's forgiven. You know, all's forgiven. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Um, the uh, well, Wisco Warrior says the team is bigger and better than AR. Meaning Aaron Rodgers. I know it's petty, but the team is the bigger person. Correct. I would go along with that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and step away. We're going to take a quick break. As you can see, the track is quiet, and uh, it's funny because the drivers, which are across from me, and you can see a few of the motorhomes over there in the shot, that uh, they're uh, they're out of their uh, fire suits. They're walking around the internal pits, and the grills are going. They're all sitting down. It's like lunchtime, you know. It's it's the noon hour, and uh, they're all sitting down and grilling and eating a little bit and just hanging out. And then uh, later on this afternoon, the track gets going yet again. You've got the SVRA Vintage Festival weekend going on. And then don't forget, June 2nd through the 4th, the, mo- the superbikes come to town. And I, the superbikes are fantastic. And then after that, it's June 15th through the 18th, the NTT IndyCar Series, Series Sancio Grand Prix presented by AMR. Gets underway. A lot of good stuff here at Road America. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. here at Road America, but another place that brings the speed, and that is our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. Union Grove, Wisconsin, the oldest continuously operating track in the world. Yes, the world. Season Pass is on sale right now. The drag strip, fresh and new, 262-302-2138. Season Passes are on sale right now, or just go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That is greatlakesdragaway.com. And, uh, and get your season passes, get your, uh, you can rent the track there too. So if you want to race something that you've been working on, maybe your, uh, your car, your motorcycle, whatever, uh, you and your friends, you know, bring out a group of people. You can rent it for a few hours. You can rent it for an entire day, whatever it happens to be. There you go. Great lakes, dragaway.com. That's great lakes, dragaway.com. Um, the, uh, yeah, I don't know specifically. Uh, ben, did you see what – I just got a question here from uh, from Christopher who says, what is the final salary outcome for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets for this year and next year? I have not seen it. Um, somebody over in the live stream said it's a million bucks this year, which gives them a lot of cap relief, but it's $100 million next year. I have not seen that contract. Have you? No. On May 14th, they said they're working on renegotiating it. Okay. Those numbers have not come out. Yeah, I haven't seen it specifically. Um, but the Jets so are reworking other guys. They reworked Carl Lawson, their defensive end, in order to make room for 
the upcoming Rodgers rework. I don't know what okay. it looks like, though. Um, his, his 2023 salary is 1.2 million. His 2024 salary is 107.6. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a, uh... <laughs> what a terrible deal. Yeah. His dead cap money for the Jets next year would be $58.3 million. His cap hit next year, at least according to SportTrack, is $37.4 million. He's got a 2.2 base salary, 35.1 option bonus, 50000 workout bonus next year, and then the $58.3 million cap hit. He takes up 15.91% of their total salary cap going into the 2024 season, according to SportTrack. So this year, in the 2023 season, um, boy, that's a great question because I sat here and just kind of had to go surfing because you got a lot of guys. C.J. Mosley is going to be your highest-paid player over there. Dwayne Brown, Corey Davis. Uh, Jordan Whitehead's even making uh, ten million against the cap this year. Quinn and Williams is nine million. Um, just trying to go through this list. Lazard is three point two six million this year. Randall Cobb two point eight million this year. Where is Rogers? Aaron, Ro- yeah, you're right. One point two one five million. One million two hundred fifteen thousand. Aaron Rodgers counts against the cap this year in uh, in New York. One point two one five million. So, yeah, he that's that's a boatload of cash that he's going to get next year. This year, eh, not bad, but next year, man. Uh, so the navigating of it all uh, is kind of been the question. Um, you know, when you talk about legacy, when you talk about uh, you know Brian Gutekunst and such, and the job that they have done. I, I just found it a very interesting question to say, you know, what would you say that I, th- that you think, meaning me, Brian Gutekind's job has been? And that's a great question for, for every, because you think, on one hand, you think as a fan, you say, okay, look, they've been close. They haven't won championships. They uh, held on to Mo Drayton. Everybody knew that special teams were poor and porous, and they held on to him. Terrible move. Joe Barry, keeping him. Terrible move. Didn't win a championship. Defense went down. It was bad. Offense didn't do much. Matt LaFleur got out coached, and they didn't have enough personnel, and they were banged up and blah, blah, blah. Lost to Monta Adams. Terrible. But you start to think about where they've been from point A to point B, and you're like, wow. Actually, I guess you could almost say it's been rather impressive. And I know that's not what a a lot of people want to hear, but – in the grandest of schemes, it's actually navigating all this salary stuff that's had to go on. And the drama over the last going on three years has been, oh, I mean, it, it, and I say it's only been three years. And when you think about it, because before that, Rogers was happy coming to camp, coming to OTAs, working out with the guys, really no problem at all. He was almost the exemplary quarterback. He just waited for him to roll in, do his thing make everybody look bad you know on the field and then roll out and it's just you know 
Then after after the little you know stint at the podium three years ago, yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of a, a drama-filled battle to say the very least. Uh, 877-867-1670, Let's do this. We're going to, uh, got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. And don't forget, coming up in 45 minutes, what did we miss? Live from Road America, we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this.